0: Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us here on this Friday evening. Well, we broke some news here last night on point of view after I asked Vice President Pence when he was in Glendon yesterday if hey, if he and the administration were considering a second round of trade aid for our great farmers, especially if the China China trade talks stall. Well, these talks obviously seem to be stalling. I think that might be an understatement. Now, President Trump has these talks stall. President Trump is tweeting. I want to share with you some of what he was saying in his tweets this morning, and I want to get your take on what he is suggesting he might do for our farmers. He said this earlier today, the process has begun to place additional tariffs at 25% on the remaining $325 billion. The U.S. only sells China approximately $100 billion of goods and products, a very big imbalance. So with over $100 billion in tariffs that we take in, we will buy, and here's where it gets interesting... AG products from our great farmers in larger amounts than China ever did and ship it to poor and starving countries in the form of humanitarian assistance. In the meantime, we'll continue to negotiate with China in the hopes that they do uh, not again try to redo the deal. So just to add a little bit more context here, then we'll talk about it. So that was around, I think, 6.45 our time this morning, and roughly 45 minutes to an hour later. Then President Trump tweeted this out, he says, hey, (laughs) I love this part. Your all-time favorite president got tired of waiting for China to help out and start buying from our farmers the greatest anywhere in the world. So essentially what he's saying here, guys, is look, China's stalling on the deal. They're starting to backtrack. So yes, we're going to take care of our farmers by by buying up their crop and then send it over to uh, poor and starving countries. Would love to know your point of view on that strategy. One thing to keep in mind is we already send out millions and millions, maybe even billions, for all I know, of dollars in what's called U.S. aid. So this might be a way to say, hey, look, let's help our own markets, and then we'll send this to other places in a humanitarian way. Here's my – in one way, it sounds like a decent strategy. The issue, obviously, that I have with it is it's about as anti-free market as you can get. I mean, it's very Chinese-esque, if you will, to start – having the state buy a product and then go ship them in other places. We all know that uh, China does not really have a humanitarian bent to themselves. So that's one good thing about the strategy. I think that would be a plus. But obviously we'd love to know your point of view on that type of strategy to, one, help out our farmers as these prices continue to stay very, very low and to say to China, look, China, we're not backing down. We are going to make sure that we stand strong to change the situation between the United States and China when it comes to intellectual property. Hopefully you're going to open up your markets to more of our egg products as we know that you like them and you need them. Um, We'll see how this thing plays out. As we told you here on Point of View earlier this week, as President Trump, I think it was Sunday night or Monday, had his initial tweet about the tariffs, I reached out to Senator Hovind's office uh, who says he's already begun WORKING ON A SECOND ROUND OF TRADE ASSISTANT PAYMENTS FOR OUR FARMERS. HERE'S SOME OF WHAT SENATOR Hoven HAD TO SAY EARLIER TODAY ABOUT PRESIDENT TRUMP'S TWEETS FROM TODAY. AS CHAIRMAN OF THE AG APPROPRIATIONS COMMITTEE, I'M WORKING TO SECURE ANOTHER MARKET FACILITATION PAYMENT FOR OUR FARMERS WHILE WE GO THROUGH THESE TRADE NEGOTIATIONS WITH CHINA. NOT ONLY DOES IT HELP OUR FARMERS, AND IT'S FUNDED BY THE TARIFFS, BUT I THINK IT DEMONSTRATES TO CHINA THAT WE'RE COMMITTED to getting a better trade deal. That's an important element here, if you will, about what President Trump tweeted. What he's saying is, look, we're going to put these tariffs on. It's going to bring money into the US Treasury. And then we're going to use the money from the tariffs to buy up these ag products from US farmers. So it's not just a simple, hey, we're going to use taxpayer money and and buy these products. It's going to be money generated from the actual tariffs being implemented to then go out and buy the products at hopefully a, a premium price, and as President Trump suggested there, a lot more of those ag crops and products than China has ever done in the past. Of course, we want to give the other perspective on this as well. Chairman of the House A Committee, Congressman Colin Peterson, put out a statement regarding President Trump's tariffs by tweet. Here's some of what Chairman Peterson had to say. He said, Hey, the Trump administration's decision to once again raise tariffs on Chinese goods does nothing but use our farmers as political pawns and further ourselves from a real solution. While I understand that the president believes he has good intentions on this, he's doing it without understanding the impacts this has on farmers and our rural communities. We are working to get Chairman Peterson on the show next week to obviously expand the conversation about what's happening here with the trade deals and, of course, talk about Chairman Peterson's trip to Brazil as well. He went down to look at what kind of infrastructure China is implementing to help Uh, transport ag products over to China more easily. All right, let's get a little bit uh, closer here in North Dakota with a big talker right now that's going on across the state. And that's about the bill that made some changes, let's say, to our state auditor's office for Josh Gallion. Josh Gallion is going to be meeting with the Senate and House majority leaders on Monday because they actually may be called back into session or called the legislature back into session to rework THE STATE AUDITOR BILL BECAUSE OF WHAT IT DID TO CHANGE HIS ABILITY uh, TO DO SOME PERFORMANCE AUDITS. SO WE'RE WORKING TO GET MR. Galleon ON POINT OF VIEW FOR MONDAY NIGHT. BUT HERE'S SOME OF WHAT THE AUDITOR SAID ABOUT THE CHANGES TO THIS BILL. THESE CHANGES NOT JUST TO THE PERFORMANCE AUDITS BUT TO SOME OF OUR OUTSOURCING. IT DOES IMPACT OUR OPERATIONS. SO AGAIN WE'RE WORKING TO GET STATE AUDITOR GALLION ON THE SHOW EARLY. NEXT WEEK. EARLIER THIS WEEK, I HAD A CHANCE TO SIT DOWN WITH NORTH DAKOTA REPRESENTATIVE MARVIN NELSON TO TALK ABOUT THESE CHANGES TO THE AUDITOR'S OFFICE BECAUSE REPRESENTATIVE NELSON HAS SERVED ON THE AUDIT AND FISCAL REVIEW COMMITTEE FOR THE PAST FOUR SESSIONS. SO HE'S BEEN THERE, DONE THAT, SEEN WHAT'S GOING ON. HE SAYS HE'S BEEN PRETTY IMPRESSED BY THE AUDITOR'S ACTIONS UP TO THIS POINT. SO HERE'S WHAT REPRESENTATIVE NELSON SAYS ABOUT THE CHANGES TO THE AUDITOR'S ABILITY TO CONDUCT SOME OF THESE PERFORMANCE AUDITS. A big piece of the legislative session was the state auditor um, getting somewhat hand-tied or restricted, if you will, but I want to share this with you. Senator Jerry Klein, He you now chairs the Legislative Audit and Fiscal Review Committee, says, look, I don't think the committee is going to put any roadblocks in front of a well-intentioned performance audit. They don't want to micromanage this this office. You say what?
1: Well, I I would hope that that would be the case, but I'm a little bit nervous about that. I've been on the audit and fiscal review committee for a fair number of years, and just a few years ago, really before Galleon got got started, we were doing an audit of the development foundations. And here in the middle of the NDSU Development Foundation audit, they come in and say, oh, the auditor wants to know who these people are. And the auditor who was uh, Jason Wall, the assistant, he he says, um, well, we can't see if people's wishes are being upheld or if there's a conflict of interest unless for the purposes of the audit, we know who these people are. It's not online. It's not susceptible to being stolen. It's going to, the work product's going to be uh, taken care of after we're done. We signed uh, confidentiality agreements. It's all there. And here, right in the middle of that audit then, where I thought, gee, I would feel more comfortable as a, as a donor knowing that there's been this type of audit, right in the middle of the audit, the Audit and Fiscal Review Committee stops the audit. Why? <laughs> I didn't see any reason to stop the audit other than, you know, the NDSU said they didn't want to share the, the, the identities of their donors with the state auditor, and, and uh, there was no other reason given. And, and that's the strange part about it. So, the Audit and Fiscal Review Committee's already, to my way of thinking, kind of gone, I don't know if you want to say political or whatever with these audits, uh, really, even from before Galleon. Where but who came it? in and stopped the audit? The, the NDSU Development Foundation came in and asked for the audit to be stopped. The committee stopped the audit. The committee had asked for the audit, and then the committee suspended the audit. And I was the only vote that voted to, to continue the audit. There, it was almost unanimous.
0: So you're on that committee and you have no idea why it stopped? It made no sense to me whatsoever, you know. Well, but what's your gut tell you? What would you speculate? <laughs>
1: Well, you know, you get where you start to think there's something that they didn't want to have come out in the audit. You know, I mean, the idea that these people, these donors were so adamant that only people who worked for the NDSU Development Foundation could ever know that they'd given a a donation to them. Most of the time, donors want their name plastered on a wall, Uh, you know, it it just made no sense to me. So do you think this move was political? I I think it was. uh, You know, the first time... Based on what? Well, the first time the bill came through, I was the only no vote, but what happened the first time the bill came through is we were eliminating the performance auditors for the auditor's office. It wasn't a question where we were gonna have to approve performance audits. He wasn't gonna be able to have the personnel to do separate performance audits. The, The last bill came, and I voted for it because we put the auditors back in. And I didn't want to, to fight and try to send this bill back to a legislative committee. There was this thing in there of the, the, the committee having approval. And I just assumed, because it was such a egregious overreach into executive powers, I just assumed the governor would take and cross out that line and veto it. And he didn't. And, and that really shocked me that the governor didn't veto it. Do you
0: think it? Governor Burgum didn't veto it simply because of uh, the performance audit on his travel expenses and things of that nature? Or?
1: Well, I, I don't know
0: that. Okay, I that's fair. That. That's fair. I want to get to this because one of your colleagues, Democrat, Representative Corey Mox, said, hey, look, uh, what they did here is aimed at ensuring better communication with lawmakers, and in no way the intention was never to allow lawmakers to block performance audits.
1: Well, that's not what the bill says. We could have well, required reports. We're just, we're just asking you to, that we actually affirm it. We, we could have asked him for reports. We could have asked him to inform us. And, and he's been very good at informing us. He has even informed us of, of tips that his, uh, uh, he's received in his office and stuff that ne- haven't necessarily resulted in audits or anything. He's been, I would say, better at informing us than the previous auditor was.
0: One of the things, do you think the auditor should be in a political position?
1: Yeah, I I think it should be, because you really don't want, you know, potentially it could be very uh, political, a hot potato, and you really don't want someone going out auditing people for political purposes. And
0: that's why I think couldn't this actually be a good thing, the fact that they're going to ask for a legislative review, because otherwise the potential of having audits be weaponized.
1: Well. the, I mean, it's there, what, right? There, there's probably a higher potential of weaponized audits from the legislature than there is from the auditor. <laughs> uh, you know, but I mean, we, we all look because he's a Republican that potentially he could, but right now he can only audit Republicans. I mean, is he going to, you know, what's he going to do? And and I even, I heard from, from people saying, well, if he can audit the, the governor's travel, he can audit yours. And it's like, okay, what's he going to do the second five minutes? I mean, there, you know, uh, <laughs> there, there's nothing there. Uh, you know, so, uh, th- that's the thing and, and I mean here we are we're at a time when uh, when, when we've we've uh, sent hundred and thirty million or so of oil money to the wrong accounts uh, we, we found with the land department we had the industrial school getting money uh, through an audit that uh, preceded galleon that, that was supposed to go to institutions of higher education uh, state government's very complicated and these performance type audits are really more than uh, a regular, even though he says that our, our financial audits are going to performance audits up are they're, they're more in depth looking at a particular thing.
0: Well, he did a recent state audit and as we all know, refugee resettlement has been a very hot topic in the state and one of the things they found is that the, the Department of Human Services North Dakota is supposed to review. What's called the ORR6 report, which Lutheran Social Services submits to that department. They don't even look at it. It's just like, okay, we'll just sign off on this thing and throw (laughs) it through. And that's a big topic that people obviously want transparency and want to know. So thank you for the time and the insight. We'll see how this thing uh, plays out, and we appreciate you being here. Yes. Thank you so much to Representative Nelson for sharing his time and insight. didn't realize he'd been on that uh, that committee for four sessions. So I would love to know your point of view on this. This seems to be a very, very hot talker. And again, we're working to get State Auditor Josh Gallion on the show for Monday night as well.